0: The word purposeful doesn't, like you said, mean one thing. It just means that you are intentional in the directions that you go and the things you pursue. I think that that's a life of purpose.
1: My guest today is Dana Young, an incredible woman, mama four, Space Force wife, skincare expert, a brave and purposeful woman. We chat about military life, what exactly is the Space Force, and how Dana got involved with the arrival of Afghan personnel on their base. She also shares how excellent customer service is the focal part of her thriving business. I am so excited for you to meet Dana Young today. Before we begin, I wanna share a quick message from one of our sponsors. Just kidding, it's me, I'm the sponsor. In 2021, I had the opportunity to facilitate Leadership Delta's Personal Leadership Forum. Through both cohorts, we forged connections across our virtual platform, and in doing that, we learned from each other, we strengthened our mindset practice, we increased our emotional intelligence, and we committed to becoming better leaders for ourselves, our teams, our organizations, and our communities. Leadership Delta is committed to reaching more leaders and equipping them with the skills they need to lead today in our ever changing workplace. On February 16th, our next round of our Personal Leadership Forum starts. And if you or a member of your team is ready to level up as a leader, this would be an excellent place to start. Through coaching, community, and our transformational curriculum, leaders leave our programs refreshed and engaged. I'm facilitating it again, and I would love to welcome you to our program. If this is something that you want more information out of, you can go online to www.leadershipdelta.com for more information. All right, let's start the show. Hey hey, this is Alexander Young and this is the Brave and Purposeful Women podcast. Women oftentimes find themselves lost in the messy middle of life. Kids, work, marriage, or health. I'm here to help you navigate it, to find your way, and to find magic in the mess, and to live your life well. The truth is, we can't have it all, all the time. But we can have a hell of a lot if we simply shift out of survival mode and allow ourselves to thrive while pursuing a brave and purposeful life. We only have one life, and I want to live it well, and I think you do too. Welcome, Dana, to the Brave and Purposeful Women podcast. I'm so excited to have you as my guest today. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yes. I guess. Okay. First thing we should maybe clarify is Dana and I are not related, even though we have the same last name. Cause I feel like I'm going to get that question
0: when I'm like, Dana Young. Young is a great last name to have. I have to say, you know, before you get married, you kind of worry about what you could get a not great last name. So yeah, exactly.
1: It's, it's a good one. Simple. You're always at the end of the alphabet. It works. (laughs) I love it. Well, Dina, welcome. I want to hear just a little bit about you. So tell us, what do we need to know about you to kick this off?
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I have to say the name of your podcast, Brave and Purposeful, it just has my heart. That feels like exactly everything I want to feel and be. So I'm so glad to be here. Yes, my name is Dana. I'm a mother to four children. My oldest is about to graduate from high school and my youngest is a first grader. And we're a military family. We're in the Space Force. Yes, it's a real thing. My whole career has been um, United States Air Force, but we can talk more about that later on. Now he's Space Force, and it's been a journey. Both he and I um, grew up in the same place, family, cousins, all of that. They're all still there. And so this has been a big departure from what we knew as a normal, how life was going to go for raising a family. Um, But it's been incredible, and we love it. So I I love to read. I am definitely, um, if you know the Enneagram thing, I, I haven't, I don't know a lot about it, but I do know I'm a five, which I never hear anybody share that there are five. It's, that's the one that likes research. And I do, I love history. I love research. I love data. And um, that's just, that's a little bit about me.
1: You are also an amazing violinist. Am I, well, thank you for the- Did I nail that accent. instrument? I was like, I'm thinking yes. it's
0: violin. You're totally right. And you're, you know, I don't share very much about that. I mean, we could talk about that more later, but yes, I have a master's degree in violin performance and music is just such like a holy part of who I am. And I love
1: it. When you said about brave and purposeful women, I think what I really try to do on this podcast is have conversations with women who we don't talk about just one thing because we have so many different parts and pieces to us and interests and bringing that to light and to share some of those different sides of ourselves with other people, I think is really fun because yeah, we don't talk about ourselves all the time. We don't go around and be like, yes, I have my master's. And, but it's so fun when you find out and you kind of see like uncovering another layer of someone that you have a relationship with or that you're getting to know. So very, no, very I,
0: cool. I love that. It's such a service to, to talk about it because, you know, from a very young age, I mean, I see it with my own kids of like, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up and where are you going to go to school and what are you going to study? And it feels like such a, the goal of life is to pinpoint a singular interest and a singular purpose, a singular vocation. And who my, I'm so glad to know at this point in my life at age 42, that there is, you don't have to sing like All the verses to your song at one time, like you can have a multifaceted life and have many different interests. And there's a time and a season and a place that all of those can like bloom into such a fulfilling part of your life. It just feels like a weight off my shoulders. Like there wasn't one thing I had to choose to do. And I hope to give my kids that perspective as well.
1: Oh, I could not agree more. And I think for me, like growing up, I felt so much resistance trying to adopt that philosophy, like find the one thing, like, and I feel like sometimes when I say purposeful, like, I'm like, what is your purpose on life and like on earth and to be here, but it feels resistance to me to say, you have to be one thing. And I love that we can now embrace all those different sides of ourselves, but also like you said, like how do we instill that in our children and allow them to embrace the pivot and embrace, you know, different aspects and interests of their lives, not having to make it a career out of one sole thing. Like, it's just super cool that we are able to do that while also encouraging our kids if they are able to pinpoint, to like right. go all in, like find what lights them up and makes them happy and sets their soul on fire. It's kind of cool.
0: No, I love, I love that. It's, it's a relief. And I also, I mean, like I told you, I love research. So I have this just fascination with people that are experts, like an expert in their field and what a gift they are to all of humanity because their focus and path has been so clear. Um, but I think most people are not like that. And I, you know, I'm grateful for the experts and I'm grateful to have seasons of life that I can have a totally different expertise in a different decade, you know, and, um, that's a beautiful thing to me.
1: Oh, I a hundred percent agree. One of the like things I like doing, and I never shared this. I actually love on Sundays. I read the paper and I read the obituaries because the obituaries on Sundays are longer and they're stories and they tell the most fascinating like legacies that people have left. And I love the ones where they're like, they did this and then they did this and then they did this and then they did this. Yeah. Or you get like the, you said, the experts, the people who devote their lives to one thing and go so deep into it that leave this lasting legacy. It's just amazing to see there's so many ways to live life. And we just have to find the one that brings us joy and allows us to be in service of to others.
0: hmm and that that ultimately, you know, like the word purposeful doesn't, like you said, mean one thing. It just means that you are intentional in the directions that you go and the things you pursue. I think that that's a life of purpose.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think this is a good segue because I want to talk a little bit more about your experience as a military spouse, as of raising a family in a military environment, as having your husband be... Um, an active member, but also then I want to talk about this year and kind of what that experience has looked like for you specifically. So maybe let's start out with, because the space force is so new Yeah. and I would love to know what the conversation was like between your and husband, if you can share of like, okay, there's a new military branch. It's called the space force, which also reminds me of like space jam and it's kind of funny, (laughs) but it's also serious. And so like, what did that look like as you, transition from maybe, I don't want to say normal, but like a typical military experience to something very brand new. And what did that look like?
0: Right. Okay. So I honestly, when people think about military life, when you, you know, meet a spouse or family or an active duty member, typically, and I'm guilty of this too, you assume there's deployments and separation and, um, a lot of loss, right? Mm -hmm. We know that like percentages for divorce rates, um, suicide, a lot of really difficult things are so much higher in the military because the demands and experiences are outside the realm of normal, right? And it's only 1% of our population that is active duty military. It's very, I mean, it's a very unique life. It just is. Um, And that said, like our experience has actually been very unique within the military. I think we would have had a much different experience in any of the other branches as far as deployments, things like that go. But my husband went to the Air Force Academy. It was a dream of his to be a pilot. He learned at the academy that his hearing um, was subpar because he was a premature baby. I mean, just these things that line up in life, right? So the path for pilot was not gonna happen for him. Um, He ended up leaving the Air Force Academy to do a two-year church service mission. And that's actually where we met. So we met in Belgium. And he, for him, it was like love at first sight. I didn't really know him very well over there. So it was not for me. Okay, let's, (laughs) I shouldn't say that. It wasn't, I mean, I knew he was a great guy, but you don't, as missionaries, you're not dating, you're not spending all this time together. I just knew the kind of person he was by observing like how he treated people. But he decided ultimately to not go back to the Air Force Academy to finish um, and followed me to my university, hoping to date and <laughs>
1: marrying me. I and it,
0: you know, love that. Oh my gosh. You
1: were pursued. Story.
0: Yeah. But he, when he commissioned with the air force, he was given the assignment to be a space officer. That was his, um, his job assignment. That's the training route he would go to. And at that time in the military, I think this is so fascinating. They did not really consider what your educational background was when they assigned you a career. <laughs> and so he had friends in this you know space side of space and missiles is the the, was the subgroup at the time um who were had bachelor degrees in theater in english in music who were assigned to be engineers in the air force and can you imagine like the fundamental brain shift that happens of like my passion is theater and now I'm going to learn how to be an engineer for our our military (laughs) like
1: those are two definitely like different ways of thinking. I, like your yeah, brain just I, functions yeah. differently in each of those aspects.
0: I can't even imagine. But really, we I feel very fortunate. The career field for Space and Missiles at that time, and, and even now, is a very family-friendly career field because there's very limited places, bases um, that you can actually go to for your job, and there's really not any deployments. Yeah. So my husband, yeah. okay.
1: Is it weird to think that maybe like in a hundred years, there could be like deployments to the moon, to Mars, like, yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> theoretically we've yeah. seen the
0: movies like it, could it be- might be less than a hundred years. And yeah. so with space force, my husband was a space officer from the very, very beginning. Okay. And his whole career has been in satellites and different aspects, different government agencies yeah. with what they do with that. So when space force was announced, Uh, by the president, it's really no surprise to us knowing, I mean, his whole career has already been that. Space as a frontier is a combatant command, meaning there is warfare happening in space already. If you've seen in the news just in the last couple months, another country shot down one of their satellites. And you might think that's no big deal, but it's It's actually a massive, (laughs) it is a massive deal because think about our whole lives, every single aspect of our day-to-day lives, depends on what's in space Mm -hmm. and most people don't even consider it they think about space forces like a woo-woo go to the moon or mars type of thing and it's actually part of our everyday life and it is it is kind of a scary thing to imagine what Mm -hmm. warfare will do to us and that's where war is headed is our communications our systems our capacities that all run on these computers that are connected to the gps and everything running in space along with all of our intelligence what we see Absolutely. So you can learn more about, of course, Space Force. Just um, actually on the Space Force website, they have a lot of information on what this is and what this does. I will say, when the the branch, this new branch of the military first started, I was in love with the commercials. I mean, you know, you've all seen like the Army recruiting yeah. commercials, all of those things. But I'm in love with the Space Force commercials because it. it it highlights women. It shows little girls dreaming about space and in these incredible engineering careers within the Space Force. And I often think, you know, I grew up as a kid in the 80s. I was born in 79 and my brother dreamed about becoming an astronaut. And I I never crossed my mind. But you think about the messaging that we saw as little girls in that day, it was yeah. all men going to the moon. Yeah. It was all men working at NASA. And had I seen like A woman, you know, had that been more prevalent, I wonder if what I had dreamed or aspired to would have been different. So I've just it makes me feel super proud for our girls today that the sky isn't even the limit. Like they can dream to do and be and become and study and contribute in any way that they dream. Oh I've talked so much, but that's no, I love that
1: so much. And I think that's why like you think about like the book and movie hidden figures, why I think it resonated with so many people is that women have been contributing, but they've been contributing behind the scenes out of like no recognition. And for now it to be crossing that line to say, okay, yes, look at all these contributions, but also now look what it can be. And I think that's just, it's so powerful for kids, especially girls to see themselves and see that future because how can they be what they cannot see? And it's it's just important to be able to see that. So I think that's right. incredible. Incredible. Okay. So it was really like a natural shift in yeah. military branches for your yeah. family,
0: he didn't given even your really husband's history. I mean, if I, if I could say it that way, he didn't really have a choice. it's well, right. already been that way. And it was like, had he opted to stay in the air force, it would have been like a clear signal of like, I'm out. And it's just not that time for us yeah. yet. Um, we've been in for, it'll be 18 years in April, which is, amazing. blows my mind because most people are like, they aim for 20 if they want the retirement. Right. So yeah. we're, we're almost there.
1: <laughs> almost there. Oh my gosh. So amazing. And I just, thank you. I know <laughs> for your contribution as a family and as a spouse, because supporting your husband, but also just being a part of it all is so important. And so Thank you for that. I also want to say thank you because this fall, well, summer and fall, you've really on your Instagram and social media kind of shown a different view of military life. And I, for one, have been super fascinated. And so I would love to kind of talk about what happened on your base in terms of a new Afghan village and your kind of leadership, volunteering service with this village. So can you give us a little background and share a little bit about it?
0: Yes, so we all know what happened in Afghanistan this year in August, it was just tragic to watch and to witness and um, to see it all unfold and also, you know, to be able to see and witness these incredible feats just of humanity, mm-hmm. and of just kindness reaching out to people is, is amazing. So my initially a lot of the Afghan personnel that left that were evacuated because um most of these people had been working for the United States government or had been directly helping them for all of, I mean, their whole life. It's a whole generation of people. Right. Um, and so they needed to leave. And they first, you know, they went to different stops a lot uh, before they came over to the United States. This happened in such a fast way that it's impossible to have had it gone perfectly. I know that the news is focused on all of the missteps, but you think about the scope, absolutely impossible <laughs> to have it go perfectly. But we did our best. And the reason why it's come together so much is because of the help of so many people all along the way. The Afghan personnel first stopped. um, One of their stops was Germany. That was a big stopping point for them. And I have a friend who is stationed there currently. So she was sharing like, you know, I'm gathering up donations to take because people are arriving without socks or shoes or underwear. Um, Like they just had to leave like with nothing, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So I was... Uh, Of course, knowing my friend was right there and seeing what she was able to do, um, that was exciting to be able to help from afar. But then we learned pretty quickly that those people in Germany would be coming actually to our closest Air Force base. Uh, We don't live on the base, but it's it's the one that's closest to us Um, here in New Mexico. There's actually two Afghan villages, like equal distant from where I live. And so uh, of course I wanted to help. And because I'm a spouse, I have access to get onto the base. And I was able to, right? It wasn't just opened up for the community to come and help. Although the community was amazing in collecting donations and sending them over, uh, it was the spouses who were doing the hands-on with the people. Um, Initially it was helping with Red Cross and Salvation Army who are there in the moment of crisis, which that was actually, you know, those weeks were the most beautiful for me, as far as meeting people and hearing stories and feeling a tangible way to help. Um, and then it's transitioned to now that, you know, the government contracted with a company who is managing all of like personal needs. So I was helping in the personal care tent. So the people that, you know, when they needed feminine products, could come and get a day's worth when they needed infant formula or diapers or fingernail clippers, tweezers, whatever it is. It was interesting just to learn like preferences. People really wanted just Vaseline. They did not want, and you can imagine, right? you're in the dry desert of New Mexico and your skin is literally cracking off your body and you go to the personal care tent and they give you a bottle of hotel lotion. Yeah, no. Is anybody happy with what a hotel lotion is? (laughs)
1: Like, <laughs> Why do hotels awful. even give you those lotions? Like, right? Oh, they're now.
0: awful, right? So they do terrible. So, they would come and ask for Vaseline. We just didn't have it. I, uh, you know, with some donations from my own business and and good friends, I bought hundreds of those mini Vaseline's and just just because I'm like, this is we got to give them something better. But it was great to be involved in that way. um As it's transitioned now, the village is still there. It will be there, I believe, through the year because this isn't a a quick process to um, to vet people to know their background um, also they're required to get all of the vaccinations when they come mm-hmm. here to our country there were outbreaks of I mean I know the different diseases that were there in camp that they were trying to isolate yeah. and um, ones that we never have in this country yeah. so these places need to be in existence um, as kind of a landing spot before they can move on to the cities that will that will have them where they can work. And I just feel so strongly these people that are coming to our country will contribute so much to the betterment of our communities and our neighborhoods and our schools and our our children because in an absence of diversity and challenge, nobody gets better mm. and- yeah. it's been a beautiful thing to be a part of. So yeah, I've helped in the personal care tent for weeks. I'd go out two days a week to be there during the day while my kids were at school. And um, I've also helped in the education tent with English classes and cultural classes. And that's, it's been fascinating.
1: Oh, it sounds so cool, Dana, that you get to be like front lines, a part of this and to be able to help and serve, but also then you're sharing that with all of us. And I think one of the things that hit me right away is when all this was happening, you know, like it's very new and early on, and I might be remembering wrong, but everyone kept calling them Afghan refugees. Is that correct? And then the language changed. Yeah. Can you share a little bit? Cause I thought that was just so interesting and just dead on,
0: Yeah. but
1: things you don't really think about.
0: Um, uh, what's interesting is, you know, there's also people, there's also military personnel that's deployed here to the villages, yeah. like, this is their deployment, and they are also living in tents. Uh, and this is a tent city. Yeah. And um, you can imagine the conditions in a mm-hmm. massive tent, the size of an indoor football field, and you're with 300 other families. Like, how do you sleep at night? There's babies crying all over. Yeah, I, you know, it's tricky, but a lot of the soldiers, um, soldiers, airmen, guardians had been deployed to Afghanistan, many of them for several tours of duty. And so this is very personal to them. Mm-hmm. Some of their friends are the ones that are coming over. And so to hear them called refugees, just, it didn't feel respectful enough, honestly. Yeah. And, and Time and time again, every time I go out to the village, before, our briefing before we'd get started for the day was these are our guests. These are Afghan personnel. They they literally have helped our government and saved the lives of our military members. Um, we want to treat them with the utmost dignity and respect. They have lived a totally different life from us.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so, you know, here's some behaviors to watch for. These things shouldn't surprise us. Um, you know, when I was in the personal care tent, oh, 99% of the people are so kind and so appreciative and you know there's always like one or two that are like trying yes. to an extra <laughs> pair of shoes you know and why would you get mad mad about about them sneaking an extra pair of shoes but right. um what's fascinating to me is I'd sit there and watch that and the people that would be like no they need to go they can't come back in or we need to tell them this or they're trying to cheat the system I'm like can you imagine if there were 5,000 Americans in this type of situation? the type of attitude you would see and how like, I think Americans would be so much worse. Um, I think people handle things with so much dignity and they're just ready to start their lives. And honestly, Mm -hmm. many of them are, are, they're very middle-class people. They're not all, they're not like destitute and poor, like associate the stereotype for what refugees are. Many of them are highly educated. They had very, you know, high, high degrees in education, doctors, engineers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this has got to be very hard for them. It's it, they're here for at least, at least three weeks. Most of them are here for about two and a half months or more. It's hard
1: and it's heartbreaking.
0: It's a whole, it, you feel like you're on a different planet when you go there because they all dress differently. They speak different, differently. You're in this weird environment. Right. Um, but, I'm, I'm excited for them and oh my my prayers honestly are just that people will be kind mm-hmm. I think that's when I sit in the education tent and I'm answering the kids the teenagers questions about what high school will be like and I'm I'm so excited for them but I'm also knowing they're going to yeah. experience mean yeah. kids and those type of difficulties so
1: oh I just really appreciate you sharing your perspective because I've just been struck by every time you talk about our guests is that. The humanity of it, right? Like you see, when people are at their worst, it can go either way. And it's just been really, really wonderful to see how this situation has impacted you and impacted your family and your community, but also then to share it with all of us because it is true. There are a lot of stereotypes, there are, you know, a lot of things that we see in the media and people's perspectives that aren't anywhere related to the truth. And so it's been really just a really neat experience of maybe like a small portion of your life that you've been able to share that has allowed us access to see what it really truly is like and what it can be, right? Like what it can be when we take away all those things that separate us and really speak to one another on that humane level and with dignity and with respect. And so I've just really, truly appreciated you sharing that part of your life with us.
0: Well, I've loved it. And I, you can tell I can talk about it forever. I just have to, my main takeaway from this whole experience and what I keep coming back to, um, there's two, two things. One story that was told about a woman years ago when there was problems in Kosovo um a humanitarian crisis there a woman in in England was so moved she gathered all this money and effort to take make and take quilts like drove them over to the country herself like this huge effort right yeah being on the front lines like I've been blessed to be and she came home and she shared that she just had the most clear impression come to her mind of what you've done is a very good thing Mm. now go across the street and serve your neighbor And so many of us, when we see crises happen around the other side of the world in a different state, or maybe even in our own city, our hearts swell and we spring into action as we should. And we help in that moment, kind of, you know, like the American Red Cross is there in the moment of crisis. We are there, we donate, we contribute what we can, and then we turn and go on and live the rest of our lives. And we kind of forget that there's urgent needs within our own home within our own neighborhood and for our own neighbors. Um, A lot of people want to help. This has brought awareness to other issues that we Mm -hmm. need to address within our communities. And so I have told people time and time again, like, please, if this has made you want to help this effort because people are wanting to send me donations to help this specific village, Mm -hmm. I say, there's resources for your own community because some of these people are actually being flown to your own community and Mm -hmm. they need They need the support from your resettlement agencies that are in your community. And that's where it will make the most difference. If we miss that hinge point of helping them to acclimate and feel confident, embrace the language, if they don't have a friend, then we do invite problems into our future for our communities and our schools. So there is so much need. And I hope that this just brings awareness that there's a lot of good you can do in your own area. Um, just serve.org is a really great place to find help. And then I also shared a link on um in my Instagram for how to find resettlement agencies in your area that you can be intimately involved and get to know these families um, in ways that are comfortable for you, mm-hmm. whether it's donating time or money.
1: I love that. I love that. One of the other things that you share frequently too is about the distance between the giver and the receiver.
0: Mm-hmm can yes. you
1: expand on that a little Yes.
0: so this is just such a true principle and um it, it's just it's noted time and time again in the research but the the smaller the distance is between the giver and the the receiver the less sense of entitlement there is And you can see that play out just in um, like government aid, right? Like we're not very close with where that money is coming from. And so we all kind of feel entitled of like, well, I should get a stimulus or, you know, there's not that, that closeness. And you think about when somebody is in need and their brother or sister or parents are the ones that help them, there is not a sense of entitlement because you know where that help is coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can narrow that gap, then it helps both sides it helps the giver and it helps the receiver so yes i've been able to go in person to help at the afghan village which has given me a better perspective and and you know i've made some great friends that way it's different from if i'm just sending money to the red cross there's not a personal connection and mm-hmm. it's not always possible like we need these big organizations we need to give them you know support time and monetary but wherever you can in your own community like i I've told a lot of people, just go to your school, your high school counselor and ask, can I donate some feminine products? Can I donate a backpack? Um, can I bring in a coat? Um, that's a lot more close to home in your own community that you can do some good. Um, it's a great thing to keep in mind for your own kids too, right? Like, yes, definitely, it makes a difference.
1: Oh, I love that. I always think too, I see people post and be like, what organizations are you giving to? Like, I need to find a new organization. And I always kind of want to say like, stop, like, no, don't, don't just ask other people what they're giving to, like, what's important to you? What issues are important to you? Align yourself with those, like what have your giving should be a reflection of your personal values. And you just picking an organization that other people give to doesn't necessarily align with what your values are. And so I always encourage people, I'm like, find what's important to you and then do your research and find an organization that's important to you better if they're closer, right? But haven't matter.
0: And that's such a a giving advice. I think it's really looking at like where are the intersections in your own life? Like is it your doctor's office? Is it your school? Is it your community? And again, like that just serve.org is such a great site because you can put in your location and all the organizations within your local community will post like we need volunteers for this or we could use help on this day. And you can see the immediate needs in your own neighborhood. And choose which one speaks to you, which resonates to you. And you might be really uncomfortable the first time. Yeah. And it might not be a great fit, but I would just, that's such a great jumping off point. It will change your life.
1: I love that. I love that. I want to um, shift gears just a little bit here, but taking this topic of service mm-hmm. and applying it to business, because you have a thriving business. And I feel like, from what I can see, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the service to your clients and to your customers is a really important pillar for you and something that you really excel at. And so I'd love to hear kind of how you, how you bring that concept into your business.
0: Um, well, I, I'm grateful for my business for sure. And I think the thing I love the most about it is there is this, per, there is a personal connection. It's a very, it's an intimate kind of of service, I have a skincare business and I help clients to get the right products for their skin. And then I help them all along the way because what's right for you when you turn 30 is not gonna be the same thing that you need after you've had a baby, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Like your skin needs are evolving all the time. And that's really been the key to the success of the, the brand that I work with and my own personal business is this element of connection people have somebody who knows their skin history and who can help them in their unique situation of what they're needing. So that's the service I provide and and really what I think sets me apart from other skincare consultants who maybe do the same thing that are just thinking about selling product. My whole goal has been on customer experience. And so my systems that are set in place and how I interact with my clients are really focused around them feeling like they have this service that takes a weight off their shoulders takes away all the guesswork for them and they can feel confident in the results that they're seeing. So again, it's that, you know, be that relationship, the closer you get, um, to the source is really what will make a difference for you.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. And I think we're seeing that too, in terms of trends and businesses is that people want to, you know, buy products from people they know versus, you know, a brand that they're completely disconnected from or at a big box store. And so it really comes down to building those relationships with people and having, um, that connection really to help facilitate whatever your business is. Um, but it's about people and serving people.
0: It's true. And you think about like the best customer service experiences that you've had across like any industry, right? Any experience. It's been like someone who knows your name, someone who remembers you. If you, if you have the opportunity, it's not even about like getting a gift with purchase. Like that actually doesn't really matter. But how you feel, how they make you feel. (laughs) Right. And so if you watch like businesses across the board, like if you think of any product, there are thousands of places you can buy that product from, right? Mm -hmm. So the ones that actually stand out are the ones that establish a unique personal connection. And it might be through their story of a value that you identify with. And so that's why you want to purchase from them. Or it's, I've noticed like companies really building out their customer service, um, what they have available so that when you have a problem or you have a question, sometimes you can even get the same person, an actual person to talk to or text. That's my favorite thing. When you can chat yes. with somebody live <laughs> um, when you need it, uh, those companies that are doing that are, are the ones that are growing. And mm-hmm. you know, for a while earlier, people were just investing in automated phone systems, which are those not the most frustrating thing now. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, you're like zero, <laughs> zero, zero. Yeah. Let me talk to a human.
0: Representative. representative. <laughs> like, if you can talk to a person and I've even noticed when I have a, a, an experience like that, where I am talking to an actual person and they call me by name and they're kind and they're patient and it changes, it changes the whole experience. You might have purchased a product that didn't work for you, for example, and you need to return it, but you had such a good experience with that person that you're totally going to buy from that company again.
1: Yeah.
0: and Or recommend them like, that's what makes all the difference. So, I mean, I know probably lots of your listeners have their own businesses um, that they're working to grow. And if that's the element that you can get right, I think that's going to take you the very farthest.
1: Oh, yes. I completely agree. I completely agree. Because when you think about the flip side of when you have a negative customer experience, it's because either they made you feel like you didn't matter, or they yeah. made you feel like crap. And I think that. Is just, that's what you take away from that situation. And so you think about how they made you feel. And so I think being able to truly serve either with education or customer service is just a really amazing way that you can build your own personal brand and your business too.
0: Mm I agree.
1: What have you learned about yourself through your entrepreneur journey?
0: Oh gosh, I, so- (laughs) Of course, as a busy mom who's moving all the time, and you know, I have my my music, what I was doing with that too. I was like, I don't want to add something else to my plate, but honestly, having your own business as a military spouse is about the smartest thing you can do because you're picking up and moving every few years. You don't have the opportunity to have a linear growth in, in a career, like in a mm-hmm. for a company, right? Um, so I didn't I didn't necessarily seek this out to start doing. But what I've learned is that one of the most amazing things about running a business, I would recommend that every woman do, do this, is you have this immediate feedback system in place with a business that you don't get in any other aspect of life. And I mean, feedback as far as success and failure. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you uh, quote unquote fail at something, or I don't even like to call it a failure, like, oh, that just didn't, maybe I need to pivot or try this differently. It's just, it's that feedback that keeps you progressing yeah. and that's how your business grows is because you have these constant adjustments of meeting what your client needs and serving in a better way, offering easier services, better results. And if you're constantly having that feedback of, oh, I need to improve this system, I need to get better at this, there's a ripple effect into all other areas of your life where all of a sudden you're having these same incremental, this progress, that's happening in my in my being a wife and being a mother and like physical fitness, all of these things shift when you're more in tune with progressing. And that's what entrepreneurship has given me is just a different perspective on my life as a whole. I feel like I have grown and progressed into a much better version of myself because I've been so intent in leaning in on learning new things. Practicing new skills, um, getting out of my comfort zone, of course, um, social media was something I, never, I was not even on before my business at all. So it was a steep learning curve there, but now it's, it's become a joy for me and I am grateful I get to help train and teach other people to do the same and, and to see them experience that joy in their life too. Business is a, is a gift. It, it really is a gift that will bless all aspects of your life.
1: Oh, the way you put that I just love because there's so much learning and awareness about yourself that has to happen and so often it's happening at the same time that you are starting a business, but I always want to encourage people like start there because you can't really make good business decisions. You can't really make, you know, a big change unless you truly know
0: yourself.
1: So just truly knowing yourself is this huge gift and bonus that comes from building a business.
0: It does. And like, you know, I know that you're teaching people to start with a foundation. Mm-hmm. So many people get stopped up in thinking they have to have that foundation totally done before they start. But reality is, I I could not know and become the person that I am without without those years. I mean, I've been in my doing my business for 4 years now. Like you can't there's things you cannot learn in any other way except for learning as you go growing as you go. And so you just start and and be okay with being uncomfortable and learning things about yourself that are like, okay, I guess I'm not good at this. I guess this is something I need to learn, get some skills on or get some help on. That's a, it's a gift. It's a gift in a life perspective that will serve you your whole life.
1: Absolutely. When think about like legacies and the impact you leave on a world, I always, think that the most tragic thing would be that you have a spark inside your heart and you just never listened to it and you never tried something new, or you never allowed yourself to really truly become who you are meant to be. To me, that just feels like a really tragic thing. And so I love when you say just start, because it is so true. If we sit here, we'd let everything hold us back or everything be an excuse. And you really do. You just need to do it and try it and see what happens. Mm
0: -hmm. And even like, it's probably not going to turn out how you think it's going to turn out. Whatever it does. Think, like your end goal is or why you're doing it is going to evolve along the way. And I think there's so much satisfaction in um, just knowing you tried, mm-hmm. that, that you, really are, you really are trying and you're, you're putting in the effort. That's, that is a life that feels good. That's a life that feels good.
1: I'm jumping in here in the middle of this episode to share something that might actually change your life. I don't use that phrase lightly, but there are certain things I'm going to share with you because I know they are total game changers. Move Jovi to the top of the list. Jovi is a pain patch designed to eliminate cramps and so much more. Yep, we're talking about periods, but really we're talking about getting rid of pain. And that is a freaking miracle. I have mostly mild cramps, but this patch has helped immensely during my last cycle. And the testimonies from others using it are incredible. There is no reason that we should have to suffer each month anymore. But here is where it gets really interesting. I still have some pain on my foot from when I broke it last year. So I slapped the Jovi pain patch on it and it felt so much better. Like eliminated the pain immediately. But that is not all. My husband threw out his back the other day and the patch went on his back and it eased his pain too. And you know what he said? He said, wow, this really works. So if you know him, that is high, high praise. Jovi uses nanotechnology to intercept messages caused by discomfort, which gives your brain the ability to better manage and cope. There are billions of nano capacitors inside the patch that redirect the messages caused by discomfort from your nervous system into the patch before they even have a chance to alert your brain. The Jovi patch then holds this energy, absorbing all those bad vibes for you until it eventually lets go and turns it to heat. So that's why the patch sometimes slightly warms up while you're using it. So needless to say, we now own two Jovi pain patches. It works that well call me a believer, but I am never going without this thing again. And I got you a promo code if you want to try it. Use code Alexandra20 for $20 off. And the amazing thing about Jovi is you can try it for 120 days money back guarantee. Just go to www.meetjovi.com. That's www.meetjovi.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay. So if you were able to talk to your 90 year old self about this time in your life, what do you wish, or what wisdom do you wish that she'll impart on you?
0: Well, I think, um, you know, the, the people that you meet that are at this, this stage in life, the, the benefit it is to be able to look back and the Mm -hmm. wisdom that you have looking back is so different from in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I think honestly, the old, the 90 year old version of Dana would just say, you're on the right path. Just keep trying Hmm. and be present. Um, Of course, I have regrets looking back. I know when I first started my business, it just felt so all encompassing to me. And I sometimes wonder, I'm like, I wish I could feel now how I feel about my business then, like when I started, but that was part of my process. I, I wouldn't be at this point now if I didn't experience that then and yeah there's just there's wisdom in knowing that that time passes quickly mm-hmm. and you need to enjoy the moment that you're at be here now and and appreciate it
1: oh i love it oh my gosh so good so good okay rapid fire round here we go what are your self care habits
0: okay my best self care habits are really when i spend time in scriptures and when i'm listening to a great book and when i'm exercising those three things are like my magic combination. And yeah, I love fiction. I love history and I love marketing books. Those are the ones that I'm drawn to, but that's really my, my best self-care habit.
1: So good. So good. What's your favorite place on earth?
0: You know, I'm not sure on this one because I've been to so many places. I feel the pressure of like, I can't pick a favorite, but um, I uh, I think I, I really do love the Netherlands one of my favorite places, mostly because there's a family connection there. So
1: I love it. I've not been there. So it needs to be on my list. (laughs) Uh, What should be required reading for every human?
0: Okay. That one's hard too. There's so many good books. There's so many good books. Um, I really, uh, a book I read as a teenager that really changed my perspective on life and gave me a better glimpse of humanity was Les Mis by Victor Hugo.
1: So one. good. So good. Good for you for reading it.
0: <laughs> <It's a laughs> yeah, yeah, I still read the abridged one. It's still like, you know, yeah. knit, but it's a good
1: one. So, so good. Uh, what's important for your mental health?
0: Um, honestly, I, I lived so many years of my life exercising for a physical result and now exercise is purely a mental result. I feel so much better when I exercise and it, it really is about, I've got to feel well today.
1: Oh, <laughs> I love that. Yes. Get those endorphins going, what's the bravest thing you've ever done
0: by far? My, my master's degree in violin performance. I started when I was 30 years old after having a 10 year break from my violin, any kind of performing. So that, I, I'm amazed. I am amazed at myself that I did that. And I, I did my graduate recital when I was nine months pregnant. I took like the bravest I've ever been.
1: <laughs> oh, yay. Go you. I'm so proud of you for that. And I didn't even know you then. <laughs> what places or adventures are still on your bucket list?
0: Um, So many of the places that are on my bucket list are actually places I've been before, but I'm wanting to go with my husband or with my kids. There's this, Mm -hmm. like you want to share the the amazing experiences you've had. And so some of those I really want to go back to are the Middle East and Egypt and actually Finland.
1: Nice. Oh, yes. There's something so special about having that shared experience Mm
0: -hmm. with
1: with others. What's your favorite holiday and why?
0: Okay. I love the togetherness of Thanksgiving. And I love the magic of Christmas.
1: Me too. <laughs> me too. Who's your hero? I,
0: I, I will say my parents, but it's because when I look generationally at, at the type of people and parents they could have been based on their parents, they've, they've done amazing things with their lives and really changed a generational, a, a, through a generation for me. So I admire that so very much. Love them. What gives you hope Oh, that I can try again tomorrow. And I know we're not guaranteed tomorrow, so I never try to live that way, but I'm so glad to just have the the goal be just a little bit better today.
1: That's just so beautiful. I love that. (laughs) What are things that we can all do to empower each other?
0: I love the phrase, never suppress a generous thought. And I think for everyone, the second you think something that is kind, for someone else to let them know. I know you know in our social media world we can like scroll through and be like, oh that house is beautiful or she looks so perfect. Her photos are there. Like I if you have a generous thought, share it. Mm-hmm. Comment, send a DM, comment on a story. Um, it changes you. Like when you are in that active practice of noticing things that are beautiful, that bring you joy, that light the world, your world changes. And it feels really good.
1: Oh, well, on that note, how do people find you?
0: Uh, Really, my hub is Instagram. I know a lot of people are on a lot of different platforms and all over the place, but I, the best way to, to find me and connect with me, my links are on Instagram. That's, that's where I connect with people the very most.
1: I love it. And we'll link it here for anyone to go find Dana and say hello. Dana, thank you so much for sharing your light with us. You are such a beautiful soul. And I'm so glad that you were able to be a guest on the podcast and just share a little bit of your world with us. It's been, it's been a pleasure.
0: Thanks so much for having me. This was really fun and I appreciate you. And like I said, your podcast, Brave and Purposeful, it just it feels so good. I'm so glad that you share and that you have a voice in this space and bring a voice to other people. Well, really thank lovely. you. Thank you.
1: that's it for now thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of the brave and purposeful women podcast you can find the show notes for all podcast episodes over at alexandrayoung.co slash podcast along with all the resources and links that we mentioned if you enjoyed today's show be sure to tell someone by sharing the episode and taking the moment to rate and review the show in the app store we really appreciate it live your life well this week friends we'll chat soon Thank you